Hi everyone, and Lizzie here again. I so want to bring a smile to your lips and a warmth to your heart by dishing up some of the fun from behind my bifocals with humorous and uplifting stories. Hey, I don't intend to go on forever. These podcasts are planned to be short and sweet. Sometimes, though, folks, as you're probably figuring out, I do get carried away. Just a wee warning. Today we'll start with a beautiful, uplifting story I read and thought I'd like to share with you about a miracle of $1.11 and the faith of a child. Then we'll let Clara give her wacky hypnosis of living in a snow belt. Now this might not mean anything to some of you out there who bask in the warm of the South, but when you listen to this, you'll realize how lucky you are. Now we've all heard of the class war, so we'll give you class war at its best. Now here's an uplifting story to show you there's good in this world and not all about making money. Sometimes it's just plain being neighborly. A little girl went to her bedroom and pulled a glass jelly jar from its hiding place in the closet. She poured the change out on the floor and counted it carefully. Three times even. The total had to be exactly perfect. No chance here for mistakes. Carefully placing the coins back in the jar and twisting on the cap, she slipped out the back door and made her way six blocks to the drugstore. She waited patiently for the pharmacist to give her some attention, but he was too busy at this moment. Tess twisted her feet to make a scuffling noise. Nothing. She cleared her throat with the most disgusting sound she could muster. No good. Finally, she shook a quarter from her jar and banged it on the glass counter. That did it. And what do you want? The pharmacist asked in an annoyed tone of voice. I'm talking to my brother from Chicago, who I haven't seen in ages, he said, without waiting for a reply to his question. Well, I want to talk to you about my brother, Tess answered back in the same annoyed tone. He's really, really sick, and I want to buy a miracle. I beg your pardon, said the pharmacist. His name is Andrew, and he's something bad grown inside his head, and my daddy says only a miracle can save him now. So how much does a miracle cost? We don't sell miracles here, little girl. I'm sorry, but I can't help you, the pharmacist said, softening a little. Listen, I have the money to pay for it. If it isn't enough, I will get the rest. Just tell me how much it costs. The pharmacist's brother was a well-dressed man. He stooped down and asked the little girl, What kind of a miracle does your brother need? I don't know, Tess replied with her eyes welling up. I just know he's really sick and Mummy says he needs an operation. But my daddy can't pay for it, so I want to use my money. How much do you have? asked the man from Chicago. One dollar and eleven cents, Tess answered, barely audible. And it's all the money I have, but I can get some more if I need to. Well, what a coincidence, smiled the man. A dollar and eleven cents, the exact price of a miracle for little brothers. He took her money in one hand, and with the other hand he grasped her mitten and said, Take me to where you live. I want to see your brother and meet your parents. Let's see if I have the miracle you need. That well-dressed man was a surgeon, specializing in neurosurgery. The operation was completed, free of charge, and it wasn't long until Andrew was home again and doing well. Mom and Dad were happily talking about the chain of events that had led them to this place. 
That surgery, her mom whispered, was a real miracle. I wonder how much it would have cost. Tess smiled. She knew exactly how much a miracle cost. One dollar and eleven cents, plus the face of a little child. What a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful story. Warms your heart, eh? For those of you in the sunny south, sipping away on your drink of choice, a tempting pool at your feet, and a view of the ocean with its majestic waves and the sun beating down with a warm breeze, caressing your skin, take a deep breath and realize how lucky you are. Just listen to our Clara describe what it's like to live in the Ontario snow belt. That's in Canada, for those of you who don't know. Let's welcome Clara. Hi, Clara. Welcome. I can't top that one dollar and eleven cent one, and I'm having a tough time sharing this snow belt story, but I can get you to imagine my dilemma with parking my car in a storm while living in a snow belt. You know, my life's such a kafuddle, folks. Of course, some of you out there will know exactly what I'm talking about. In the frozen winter north of Canada. Well, it's not north of Canada, but north Canada. Well, maybe it's not quite the snow belt of Canada, considering I live in southwestern Ontario and not up in the far frozen north. Oh, I'm just going on and on, I know. But then, I guess they're prepared for all that. This comfy, cozy lady's not. So far, it's been a nice winter, but January's got revenge. I can imagine what February's going to be coming up. Oh, I know. It's been a beautiful winter here and hardly any snow. Just enough for Christmas Day. And now, other than being cold, there's not been much snow. Right. Well, here we are, but it got me thinking back to me and the dang wrestling with snowfall after snowfall and new end in sight. I have this long, narrow uphill driveway to back my car into. And by the way, I back in case I need a boost. Well, that is to the battery now. Keep your mind straight here, folks. And the skiff of snow causes me to careen every which way backing up the drive. One little movement to either side causes my tires to sing music as they scrape along the cemented curbs going up each side. Mercy! I don't know why these curbs aren't flexible like my tires. That'd save me one pile of money from continuously buying new tires due to the fact my tires sure are made to be flexible. And they do get a wee bit of skin taken off each time they're hit. They should make tires that grow new skin in such cases. You know, like your buddy. I must make a note to send that idea to the manufacturers. Yes, I know what you mean. I saw you trying to back up and wondered if there was going to be any house left. Anyway, enough of that. I went out the other day morning to get a few supplies to stock up for another impending winter storm. I thought I'd stockpile so I wouldn't have to go out for a few days. There wasn't a drop of snow when I left and I knew I'd get home in a jiffy in case it started as I didn't have too far to go. Well, as usual, I met up with my best friend Feeney at the grocery store, and we got to talking. Oh, I know how you two get to talking. 
I often wonder how anyone gets a chance to get a breath or how the heck you even know what the other's saying as your mouths are both going at the same time. Yuppers, we're having a hoot with all the gossiping complaining we had to do to play catch up as we hadn't seen each other for a while. Really, it seemed I was only talking for a few minutes, but by the time we said our goodbyes and I got my stockpile, it was a dang blizzard outside. Now, I'm not the best driver in the best of times, but my old ticker was a-pumpin', fantasizing about the ride I was gonna have driving backwards up that drat of a high... Whoa, whoa, I'm getting so excited, that drat of a driveway. <laughs> I can imagine. I got home and got my car rear maneuvered and pointed upward in the right direction. I could barely see those darn curbs so that I could judge where I was. I gave the gas pedal a good goose to get going and partway up. I started to fishtail and could get no further. Down I skidded on the road. Luckily, no other car was trying to get through. Oh, that's so scary when that happens. I'm so glad you didn't crash into the house across the street. Well... I drove in the neighbor's drive across the road thinking I could get a good backwards run at it. I gunned it and away I went. I got going good and somehow jumped the curb and landed on what I thought was the lawn. Somehow I think someone above heard my cursing cries for help because just then I rammed in the snow fence just above the curb and was bounced back into the drive, still going backwards as my foot remained plastered to the floor. I was scared out of my little wits. Clara, you've been so blessed all these years. The craziest things happen to you, and you always come out the other side, and with not even a scratch to either you or the car. Folks, I do have a grudge, and had planned to put my car in there to save her from being covered in that cold, cold snow and swirling wind. I knew I had to somehow stop before I took the garage door off. I remembered that I couldn't slam on the brakes. Finally, with some brake pumping and taking my foot off the gas, came to a stop just inches in front of that garage door. I sat there and caught my breath. I was really panting and panting. And when you get to my age, you need to take more time just to get a gasp in and out. That was it. I grabbed my goodies and edged my way at the blow and blizzard heading towards where I remembered was the back door of the house. By memory, I found it. And after feeling around for the lock, stuck the key and in I went. Well, I really just stumbled in, actually. I must have looked like someone trying to burglarize the house, disguised as a snowman. Whoops, snow lady, gotta be proper these days, you know. <laughs> Clara, do you have any message or tips for those who must be out in that weather? Yes, I sure do. Be like me. Here I sit, my friends, resting my frightened and thankful bones. I'll apologize to my car when I find her for leaving her stranded outside. But for now, I'm going to make myself something a little stronger than tea. And how are you faring with the snow? Oh, by the way, tune in next week as I got a special Valentine message for those of you who need help pleasing that honey of yours. Off I go now. Bye.
And now some things to make you ponder. Class war at its best. Now this is really a tongue twister. I hope I can get through. The folks who are getting the free stuff don't like the folks who are paying for the free stuff because the folks who are paying for the free stuff can no longer afford to pay for both the free stuff and their own stuff. And the folks who are paying for the free stuff want the free stuff to stop. And the folks who are getting the free stuff want even more free stuff on top of the free stuff they're already getting. Now, the people who are forcing the people who pay for the free stuff have told the people who are receiving the free stuff that the people who are paying for the free stuff are being mean, prejudiced, and racist. So... The people who are getting the free stuff have been convinced they need to hate the people who are paying for the free stuff by the people who are forcing some people to pay for their free stuff and giving them the free stuff in the first place. We have let the free stuff giving go on for so long that there are now more people getting free stuff than paying for the free stuff. (laughs) I gotta tell you folks, this is also exhausting. Such stuff. By the way, do you know what the relationship is between your two eyes? They blink together, they move together, they cry together, they see things together, and they sleep together. But they never see each other. (laughs) Well, maybe in a mirror. I'd love to hear from you. And if you would, please send me an email at liz at lizunderhill.com if you have some stories of your own that would be uplifting to our listeners and you'd like to share. I promise not to harass you with tons of emails wanting you to buy anything, and I'll keep your email safe. Oh yes, and, and don't forget to subscribe to the Chatterbox at www.lifewithauntlizzie.com to get your free personal subscription before it goes online. Meanwhile, take care, keep smiling, until the next time, bye for now.